to God in the highest and peace to all people on earth. Please have a seat. Earlier this week, I came upon a new poem by Tracy K. Smith, the former U.S. Poet Laureate. It literally took my breath away, and it has continued to play in my imagination since then as I mused about what I wanted to say on this holy night. Although it is not about Christmas in any obvious way, I want to share it with you. It's called, This is a Poem About Kin and Neighbors. This is a poem about kin and neighbors. The will to see oneself as fragile, fallible, liable to fail, to consider a stranger and hear in the mind's ear one's true voice, insisting I must change. Ordinary people do this patient, urgent work alone and together, day upon day upon day. Like my mother once, leading her ailing mother back through the maze of our suburban scrawl, past ache, past haze, past confusion and rage, toward a neat room where waited prayer, fear, forgiveness, grief, grace. This is a poem about kin and neighbors and nations adrift in error under siege. This is a ceasefire poem. It was the last line that made me gasp. It touched my fervent prayers for ceasefire in Gaza, for an end to the war in the land of Jesus' birth. As you know, the war was immediately triggered by the horrific massacre of some 1,200 Israeli Jews on October 7th by Hamas. The Israeli government responded with overwhelming retaliatory bombing in short order. Since then, more than 20,000 Gazans have been killed, some 8,000 of them children. The bombing is, of course, supported with American dollars. Increasingly, almost unthinkably, Gazans are also dying of disease and starvation. Humanitarian aid cannot enter safely. Hospitals have been destroyed and most of the housing stock. More than a million people have been forced to leave their homes and try to shelter in a small area. Medical personnel and journalists are targeted. Ancient churches and mosques have been bombed. There is no safe place in Gaza. Besides prayer, these horrific events have focused my repeated communication with legislators and lots and lots and lots of conversation. 
The need to stop the killing is beyond desperate, and the destruction is never far from my heart. But also, the poem's tender, tenuous imagery touched my Christmas musings about how it is that God comes to us. The incarnation tells of a God who embraces our human condition, fragile, liable to fail. Divine power and privilege are laid aside in order that God can be with us. Jesus is born to poor Jewish parents in first-century Palestine, breathtakingly vulnerable. Like all newborns, this infant invites tender care and depends for his parents on for everything. He needs everything. You may have seen the image of the newborn babe that has replaced the traditional manger scene at Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem this year. It has understandably gone viral. In it, the infant Jesus, wrapped in a traditional Palestinian scarf, a kafiyah, lies alone in a heap of rubble in bombed-out Gaza. The Reverend Munther Isaac, the church's pastor, asserts that this is where Jesus would be born if he came today. There is no safety or shelter. The other familiar figures of the creche are present, but they are scattered, not gathered in adoration at the manger. There is only devastation and uncertainty. It's very hard to look at. Others have mused, we have to search for the child in the rubble. He's lost. Is he still alive? Will he stay alive? But despite our cozy images of the first Christmas, danger and oppression were never far in first century Palestine. Jesus was born under the occupation of Imperial Rome. The Christmas story begins with a decree from Caesar Augustus. A census is declared to count everyone in the empire's conquered territories. The tax will pay for the infrastructure of war and oppression. The control is efficient and brutal. Even a woman about to give birth has to travel. A week's journey, it would have been, in order to be counted. And this is exactly why God comes to us comes as Savior not only from the sin and struggle of our inner lives, though much we need that saving too. God comes to liberate the oppressed and lift up the poor, comes for politics and economics, comes for justice and peace. The online commentary, Salt, muses, that when there is no room in the inn for the Holy Family, Luke may be signaling that Jesus evades the watchful surveillance of the census, that he's born off the grid, uncounted and undocumented. God slips through the net, slides in through the cracks to be with us in our need. The shepherds, the commentary continues, are also likely off the grid and uncounted, moving around with their animals as they do outside the town in the hills on the edges of the empire's known world. It's no accident that the message comes to them. 
nor is it surprising that they are afraid to be confronted and addressed by a divine messenger. No matter how we imagine the messenger, they're ringed all around with glory. The angel tells news of great joy for all. The savior of the world is a child born in a manger, sleeping with the animals just like you shepherds. The good news overflows into song. That's something we know quite a lot about at Ascension, the good news that overflows into song. And the song is glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. On earth, peace. Glory and peace. This, too, is how God comes to us, by odd messengers with a touch of the numinous about them, and news that touches the truest longings of our hearts for welcome, for forgiveness, for possibility beyond our imagining. News that says above all that we are loved. In spite of everything, we are loved. The glory of God is both radiant and obscure. It's overwhelming, and it's experienced in glimmers, whispers. We find it in the wonders of the natural world and in the marvels of art and music. And we encounter God's glory in relationships that are blessed with kindness and healing and justice and peace. Peace on earth is the Christmas companion to glory in heaven. This is the peace of wholeness, of sitting, as the prophet Isaiah wrote, unafraid beneath one's own vine and fig tree. It's rising up out of oppression to freedom. It's sharing the goodness of creation so that all have enough and abound in gratitude, no longer studying war, but rather learning the things that make for all creation's flourishing. This peace is so much more than ceasefire, but ceasefire is a necessary beginning. With it must come release of all hostages and captives and massive, massive humanitarian aid and lots and lots and lots of conversations. Christmas, the feast of the word made flesh, is full of paradoxes. One of them is that it brings together this vision of so much blessing in a world with so much pain, so much beauty with so much horror, so much goodness and so much need. And they're all held together in the incarnation, raggedly and persistently, in God's utterly realistic love that embraces it all. The shepherds set out to find the child, and they recognize him. As they pour out the message they've received to his amazed parents, surely they're also saying to each other, look, he's one of us. This baby is asleep with the animals. He's a poor child, just like our children. He's the one who has come to and for us. Then they disappear from the text. In short order, Mary and Joseph and the newborn baby will be refugees, 
running from the murderous tyranny of the puppet king Herod as he orders the slaughter of all the boys of Jesus' age in Bethlehem. They will flee to Egypt. One writer wondered, could they get across that border today? Time-honored in scripture, God comes to us as a stranger whose voice speaks of a change we recognize deep within that we need. God comes as this foreign other, seeking refuge, offering big challenges and unexpected gifts. Truly, even as we pray for the more than a million internally displaced who have been driven from their homes in Gaza, people are on the move all over the globe, including in our own New York City, fleeing war and famine, violence and the impacts of climate change. God comes as a wanderer, a refugee. How else does God come to us? In the ordinary, extraordinary work, the ordinary and extraordinary gift of loving and being loved. Like any newborn, our infant Jesus evokes this love in a wash of tender feeling and, of course, also in the labor after birth, the work of care, the challenge of raising up a child, which is joy and commitment and sometimes just a plain, determined slog. Raising peace is that kind of work as well. Jesus taught love in memorable stories that trick the hearer into new understanding and self-examination, taught it most in his life and his death. Love of God, love of self, love of neighbor, love of enemy. Our poem about kin and neighbors explicates it so beautifully. Ordinary people do this patient, urgent work, alone and together, day upon day upon day. Like my mother once, leading her ailing mother back through the maze of our suburban scrawl, past ache, past haze, past confusion and rage, toward a neat room where waited prayer, fear, forgiveness, grief, grace. The image of the room, a safe space where life's continuum of birth and death, mothering one's own mother and all the burdens and joys of relationship are gently held, reminds me of lines from the beloved hymn we sang just a little while ago. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. This was true on the first Christmas as Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the midst of imperial Roman occupation unnoticed except by a few random shepherds. It is true even tonight in Gaza. God is there in the midst of death's stench, in the rubble and destruction, with the broken and the brokenhearted. Palestinian pastor Imad Haddad writes, the message of Christmas is a source of strength for us. We will not forget it, 
even when we witness dead bodies being piled up and there is no one to help. This message of Christmas can be a source of strength for all while working toward better times. Emmanuel, God with us, leading our way to live in freedom, peace, and justice. Hopes and fears are met here tonight at the Church of the Ascension as well, where we sit safe and warm, and yet we bring with us countless others, our people, beloved and broken, those we have lost. We bring our regrets and griefs. Some come with thanksgivings beyond words, and we bring our desperate prayers. And we are all met and held by grace, by the mystery of the God with us, Emmanuel. Stephanie Saldana is a writer who lives in Bethlehem with her husband, a Syrian Catholic priest, and their three children. In a wonderful narrative about their lives there this Advent, she wrote, It was in those days that I became aware that the Incarnation is a kindness, God breaking through the void to comfort us, Emmanuel, God with us, a with I now understood was not simply a word, but a connection that carries the weight of the entire world. A connection that carries the weight of the entire world. God bridging the distance and saying, you are not alone. I would never ask you to live this by yourself. End quote. God comes as flesh of our flesh, our kin, because we are all kin. This is a sermon about kin. Saldana finishes her story telling of a conversation with her eight-year-old daughter. Carmel had heard her older brothers talking about the Christmas truce that happened temporarily during World War I in Europe when soldiers on both sides put down their weapons for a short holiday time. Maybe Christmas will stop the war, her daughter said. To our shame, our anger, and our grief, this has not happened. Not yet. But the angel's message of peace for all on earth is ringing. It is for us and every one of our kin and neighbors. It is for the people of Gaza and Israel and other war-torn places all around the globe. It is for us right here and now, because we are not alone. Emmanuel has come. Our Savior comes to bring freedom and justice in the most unimaginably horrific circumstances. Comes in vulnerable, tender, fierce determination to love and to be loved comes to be born anew, ever anew, in and through us. The angels proclaim heaven's own glory, that we may do the patient, urgent work of Christmas, the work of making peace on earth. Amen.